You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for joining me today, live until 4 p.m. You can uh, text in during the show if you like, 71010. Hey, it's the last weekend of June. Big Canada Day long weekend next weekend. Um, also, this was a very big week for me. I had a couple of huge successes. Um, I have, I've spoken about this a few times. I know, I'm sorry. But I have plants on my balcony and so far they are alive after almost a month. Big congrats. This is the moment for applause. Thank you very much. Um, actually, I my big thing is, other than herbs, which I've been able to use for the last few weeks, I got my first jalapeno pepper. And, um, and it is now sitting in a prized position in its own bowl on my counter. And it's almost like I don't know what to do with it other than to stare at it or take photos of it. Perhaps I will try it later today. But I also, I, for gardeners out there, and I know that a lot of you are, you, you know plants, you know how to garden, you know how to grow things, unlike myself. Um, the fact that I've actually kept anything alive for three weeks is a is a big deal. Um, how the heck do do you manage these tomato plants? I had no idea. I have them growing just in like large-ish pots. And uh, I guess it's still kind of early to have tomatoes, but the plants themselves, every morning I look out my window and it's like they've grown two feet. It's a slight exaggeration, but they are, they're massive. And, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of giving them a haircut. And someone told, one person on Twitter told me it was a good idea. Another person on Twitter said not to do it. And of course, I believe everything that's on the internet. So please let me know. Text in at 71010. How the, can I cut back the branches on my tomato plants and not kill them? Because I still feel that I'm going to grow a lot of things this year and I'm going to have a salad bar on my balcony. And when I do, I'll invite you all over. So I had this um, interesting experience this week. I had, I'd slept funny a couple days ago. I had like some neck pain for a couple of days. So I found this new RMT at this like fancy gym in town and I'm not going to name which place it is, um, but she was really chatty. You know, I was chatty. I was asking her about the kind of clients that she sees because she's in a fairly like upscale neighborhood uh, where she sees, you know, fairly well-to-do clients. So I was asking her some questions about, you know, the the people they see, how they behave. And uh, what I, I feel like I need to share what I've learned sort of as a PSA to those of you who go visit a massage therapist, maybe even a chiropractor or a physiotherapist, depending on what it is that you're getting worked on. First of all, people, wash your damn feet. She was telling me about all the people that she sees, all the clients that come in for massage and they have like filthy, filthy feet. And I know summer is like you're wearing sandals and flip-flops, you're walking to the city. But she said that sometimes she puts, she'll put gloves on and then to not embarrass the client, she'll say things like, um, we know I have a little cut on my hand, so I'm just going to put on some gloves. I thought, well, that's nice because you're not offending the person. You're sort of like taking the blame. But she said it happens a lot. I think feet are nasty, and I think as a courtesy, if you're going to let someone like touch you and rub you down, you wash your damn feet. Uh, the other thing, she said that a lot of people will come in after they've worked out, so they come in sweaty, and then they just like take off all their clothes, lie down, want an hour massage, and she's got to like work on you when you're... I just don't know when we lose all sense of courtesy just because we're going for a massage. Mind you, we do pay them a lot of money. Uh, and the other thing is, um, I'm not going to get into it, but sorry to be gross. Turns out, guys, you're not as good at cleaning yourself after you go to the bathroom as women. Just not as thorough. And she said it's a high percentage of men. So I'm sharing this with you as a PSA because uh, they obviously they talk and you should be the person that she says that your RMT says it's like, oh, that was a great client. They had really nice feet. They weren't sweaty. They were clean. The kind of person that they would want to book back immediately. There you go. Share that information. I think it's really important uh, because. I wouldn't want to touch your feet either. So during the show today, I've got a couple of guests, also a few prizes to give away throughout the hour. I've got a giveaway uh, from my mustard uh, prize packs coming up. Also to spice up your cooking, I've got spices and seasonings with Clubhouse, and we'll be talking to uh, we'll be talking to Matt Bazilli from Fidel Gastros and Lisa Marie as well. So I'll also chat with. Um, I think this is a pretty inspiring story. A doctor who is also a mom of two who got really frustrated with the kind of like summer treats and snacks that were available for her kids. So she started her own company selling unique and healthy popsicles that are kind of a first of their kind. So I'll talk to her later in the show. But my first guest uh, has a job that you probably 
I'm, I will bet you did not know this job existed. Uh, he is a mustard sommelier. Harry Lalusis is with uh, My Mustard. You're one of only three mustard sommeliers with the company? Uh, one of is that two. Right? One of two. One of two. Oh, well, they're trimming down. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be a mustard sommelier? Um, it means helping people to understand how to use mustard more. Mustard and especially Dijon mustard uh, or my mustard where, where we do a lot of flavored mustards. Mm-hmm. It's an ingredient. It's not a condiment. So there's a lot there that people need to be educated on, on how to use it, uh, where to use it, what to pair it with. So it's, it goes extensively in, in going into detail on what people like to cook at home, uh, what they normally use in, in that as an ingredients, what it could go with. So yeah, it, it gets deep, even all the way down to desserts and, 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 uh, and alcohol See, cocktails. You know, I, I think of mustard, I think that's pretty tasty as a condiment. <laughs> I don't, mm. you know, I, I don't think of it as having such a broad umbrella you know, the way that you mentioned. Well, I, if I give you two, three examples, you'll be like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but before I do that, I think it's great to explain to people why we would use mustard. It's not just a, a thing. I didn't create using, for example, mustard in desserts just because it's a fun factor and creates wow. Right. Um, it's because mustard intensifies by tenfold. Um, so therefore, by using mustard in the dessert or in a cocktail or in your everyday cooking, just a teaspoon or two of, uh, of Dijon will really bring out the flavors of what it is that you're cooking with. So, for example, if I make a lemon tart uh, with... Um, I love lemon. See, but I love lemon too. My mom's mm-hmm. Sicilian, so I love... Oh! Yeah, part Sicilian, so I really yeah. love lemons and we grew up with them. Uh, so lemon tart is my favorite. But then if you add honey Dijon mustard to mm-hmm. it, it just brings those flavors and the, the lemon really out on your palate. It just... It, it's almost like... It cleanses your palate before it receives the lemon tart. <laughs> oh, it sounds so it sounds so fancy. This lemon tart, all of a sudden. Um, no, how long have you been a mustard sommelier? Because I'm curious as to what happened in your life to get you to that point where you're like, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to be an expert on mustard. So this kind of fell upon me. It's almost like uh, we, we like to laugh with um, with my team and we say, oh, around the globe, I smelt a mustard seed in Alaska. <laughs> and went." <laughs> no, there is a calling though. There is some, it's the first time you taste mustard and the mm-hmm. first time you see all the flavors. And being a chef in my background, it just, it, it inspired a lot of different recipes in my head. And I just suddenly wanted to do so many things with it. Um, and one thing led to another, obviously helped working for my after and, uh, and having access to things like uh, the qualities and differences of mustard seeds and mustards that are available around the world. It, it, it doesn't stop. I learn something pay every day. Now, I would imagine that when this job opening comes up, because there's some really interesting positions with different like large companies. So things like my, I've heard of like, you know, the, the expert chocolate taster with, you know, big brands. And I think, well, that's a job I want. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there's beer sommeliers, obviously wine. So people who are really at the top of their game in that industry, but, but there's very few of you. So what are the qualifications? Like what is expected? Are you, you know, during the interview process, are you made to taste a million things and you have to identify them? Because you obviously have to have a great palate. Yeah, you do. The main thing though with mustard sommeliers is you need to know your food well. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a chef background or a cook background. Even a person who loves cooking and has a huge interest in food, someone we would call more of a discerning food lover rather than just a food lover or a foodie. Um, Someone who will go to the extra mile to cook their own food. Mm -hmm. You have to be that person because... It's talking about flavors and creating flavors and changing flavors. It's not so much about recognizing flavors. Um, it's important, of course, it's important to know when you taste something, what's inside it and what right. you can do with it. Um, but the most important part is that you know how to use mustard um, or the, that you know the food of what you're eating, what it is and what you can do with it. 
where where I say that this really has fallen upon me is that I just got really obsessed with it because I was so pleasantly surprised with what you could do with it mm-hmm. that I wanted to search more. And my company was like, yeah, just go for it, <laughs> you know. Um, so I went to Dijon. I spent a lot of time in Dijon and I still do all the time. I think one day they're going to think of giving me like the, the city. The key the or something. Key or yes. something. I'm just pulling that out there. Okay? <laughs> well, you know, like Oprah says, if you put it out there, you know, then it, it'll come back to you in it'll some come way. Back. City of Dijon. <laughs> Honorary mayor. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it is about the Dijon region. The Burgundy region is one of the most amazing regions in the world. So spending time there and understanding how our mustard is made, because one of its key factors is the white wine vinegar or the white mm-hmm. wine that we use in it that comes from the area of Burgundy. Uh, we don't have time to go into all that, but people do search the Burgundy wine region. Right. It's, it's, um, it's uh, protected by UNESCO. Uh, just one key factor that's important, you're not even allowed to water the vineyards there. What? Because you will change the microclimate. <gasps> wow. So it's, you know, that's where Burgundy uh, has given birth to so many amazing things. Yeah. Uh, like mustard as well, well. That's pretty cool. So when we come back after the break, we're going to talk, you'll share with us how to make our own gourmet mustard at home. We'll talk about mustard yeah. in cocktails, which does make me raise my eyebrows a little bit. And uh, and I want to know, I guess, where Canadians rank in terms of mustard, you know, consumption and and what we like in terms of flavors. You listen to the Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Right now, we'll check your drive with News Talk 1010. Time save for traffic. Issues ongoing right now, northbound 410 at Clark. We have reports of a crash there causing delays back to the 407. Westbound QEW as well out in Burlington. The off-ramp to Guelph line now closed with a crash. And westbound at Brant a little further along, we have a crash taking out the left lane. Keep in mind, southbound 400 between Finch and the 401. Four left lanes are blocked with some emergency paving work after an overnight crash. So two right lanes is all that's getting by through there. Newstalk 1010 weather, sunny with a high of 29. The UV index also very high this afternoon. Few clouds will roll in overnight, dropping to the low of 17. Mainly sunny skies as well for tomorrow, the high 31, but will feel more like 36. I'm Kyle Hawking with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio, Newstalk 1010. Your next update at 3.30.
This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. You can always text in at 71010, live with you until 4 o'clock. Uh, my guest in studio right now is a mustard sommelier. So just like wine and beer sommeliers, he is in the know. He knows how to uh, distinguish every nuance and flavor and what complements those flavors. So Harry Lucis is here uh, all the way from London, England, right? Yes. And we were just talking in the break about how you missed the commotion because you've been in town for a couple of days, <laughs> which is maybe a good thing. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe for now. So you're, mas- you're a mustard sommelier with Mai. Uh, now, we should get into a little bit of just like the the history of mustard because I'm sure a lot of people think of it as like a relish or a ketchup. It's just a, it's just a condiment. Yeah, it's not just a condiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not to me at least and not, not what we've shown people to do. Um, it, it did come about, I mean, in the 1300s and uh, was adopted by the city of Dijon. Uh, and then it, it kind of seeped through to the rest of Europe from there. But the French were the most that kind of took it to heart. And, uh, and mustard is, is really on an everyday, uh, an everyday occurrence in France. I tell lots of people and we discuss about it how, you know, a household in France will go through at least half a kilo a week. What? Of mustard. Yeah. Really? A typical French household will have, go through a five, 500 gram pot a week. Um, that's more than just hot dogs and burgers, which is a very Canadian thing to use mustard for. Or sandwiches. How are they using it in a way that we are not using it in Canada? So, like I said before, it intensifies by tenfold. So, by right. adding a teaspoon to your your dish that you're cooking, mm-hmm. it's bringing out a lot more flavor than what if you hadn't done. So, the French have the French know this already. We're just slow to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, however, you do really well in Canada. Oh, so. I was wondering how we rank in terms, because I would have figured that because Canadians do like, they typically like their the yellow mustard, I think is quite common, uh, that we probably rank fairly high in consumption, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, you do in mustard in general because mm-hmm. of the yellow mustard, but then, you know, the states do as well because of yellow mustard. Right. But if we look it down to a proper mustard, which is a Dijon mustard, mm-hmm. um, which is the one that you can use as an ingredient, don't get me wrong, nothing against yellow mustard, <laughs> but it's not really mustard. Oh. <laughs> it's more of a condiment uh, as we know it rather than an ingredient that you can use. Okay. So, so if we're going to cook with it, we should be using a Dijon. Exactly. I mean, and if something is good enough to cook with it, it's good enough to eat it on its own as well. Right. So. So yeah, Dijon mustard. If we if we look at it, Canada ranks quite high as well. It's it's up in the 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 six most uh, um, oh. mustard using countries. Right. Uh, I think you have thanks to possibly Quebec and the European mm. background in Canada right. that has brought mustard over. But people just love mustard here in Canada. You eat a lot of spice as well, a lot more than what they do in the other American nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's probably helping as well that people eat more mustard. Now, how do we, like, I was intrigued by this, the idea of making my own gourmet mustard at home. How do I do that? I want to get fancy. So this is the thing. You can make your own mustard at home, um, adding ingredients to it. We'd probably say either watch something on YouTube that we've done with a mustard making class, or if Mm -hmm. you can visit one, either at Taste of Toronto tomorrow, or if you want to visit um, the New York boutique, whatever, wherever you can, it's best to see how actually it's done, but still don't be afraid of it. You just need a really good Dijon based mustard. And okay. then you can just add what you want to it in a mortar and pestle and just mix it up really well together. You'd probably have, if you add fruits, you can use it for up to two weeks. Right. If you add any spices, you can use it for up to two months. Oh, wow. What are popular flavors? Because there's um, a lot of flavors of mustard. I mean, I know, I feel like in my fridge, I've got Dijon and I've got honey Dijon. And those are the staples. Well done to you, first of all, for having Dijon and honey (laughs) Dijon. (laughs) Um, Those are, I mean, those and the whole grain is Mm -hmm. also, they're the three staples of mustard that, you know, most people have at home and use as a basic. But then you walk into one of the My Boutiques or you go into the... the, um, uh, you can go to Pusateri's mm-hmm. here uh, and you can actually find flavored mustards that are quite fun to use with. And you can use it as it is on marinating things like fig and coriander mustard or Ooh, walnut mustard. Nice. 
Yeah, they're brilliant. And most of them, you know, are over 150-year-old recipes. So they're perfected. They We know how to do mustard after three centuries. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, we're like, a huge disappointment. Um, so you also brought uh, a mustard cocktail, which we could also do mocktails, I'm aware. So I, just tell me yeah. what this is. So you can also do another good tip for mocktails is mustard or you can use vinegar. Like vinegar, what kind of vinegar? vinegar? Not well, white has, vinegar, no, right? Okay. Like a you white... Look, you, the look on your face is like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> Do not use white vinegar. You mean a nice vinegar. I mean a nice vinegar. And only my does nice vinegar because the rest <laughs> are just malt vinegar or something really simple. Uh, or a white wine vinegar is just a white wine vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find raspberry flavored vinegar. You can find uh, sherry flavored vinegar. What about a balsamic? Could you use that? Like a nice balsamic or is that too... Syrup-y? Balsamic is a little bit too self-absorbed as a mustard. Like it oh, takes such a over flavors. It's narcissist, <laughs> yeah. and it's brilliant anyway. In itself. <gasps> so I would use any any vinegar yeah. because with uh, the reaction to lemon, mm-hmm. it almost imitates um, uh, alcohol. Okay, so this cocktail you just handed me uh, looks like the, so the, the the color of it is like a pale yellow. It looks like chicken broth, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but what is it? <laughs> so this one actually has lemon juice, apple juice, uh, Dijon mustard mm. and it has a sprig of thyme in it it's quite nice and obviously vodka and and obviously <laughs> i had to ask beforehand like is this I, wanted to say, I wanted to say after you drank <laughs> i just had i just had wee little uh, tiny little baby sips so i also know one of my favorite things to do is uh i always make my own vinaigrettes i don't buy salad dressings one i don't tend to go through the bottle very quickly it takes me a very long time if i would do buy a salad dressing mm-hmm. it'll just sit in the fridge forever i also like to change up flavors but and it's funny when i go to someone's home and we're let's say making dinner making a salad um so well, we'll just make a vinaigrette because you can make different like a smaller quantity and some people find that to be daunting for some reason but it's actually quite simple the basic ratio is very simple so basic ratio for me is three two one that can change depending if you want something more vinegary or not mm-hmm. so you could do four two one uh three two one is the best that you can use and play around with your vinaigrettes so you can use a flavored vinegar mm-hmm. or you can use a white wine vinegar and use a flavored mustard so the three two one what are those ingredients so three oil two vinegar one mustard you always have to have mustard in your vinaigrette because mm-hmm. that's what emulsifies the vinaigrette that's what that's right because otherwise together. the oil and the vinegar they, they stay separate, separate. yes yeah. Yeah. so even in restaurants they always give you like a little bit of oil and vinegar but you never get the mustard to help you and i just put it into a jar and i shake it up i don't want yeah. to dirty something else and, and whisk that's it brilliant. that's brilliant but thank then... you because i thought it was just lazy <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you know i do that at home i get the i get the glass jar from yeah. the mustard and i just use that actually but try this because when people say to me that they don't go through the vinaigrettes quick enough right it's because you're not using it enough okay. as in in more restaurants Ah, uh, I'm using it on this. salads. Well, think of this. Okay. Roasted chicken. Mm-hmm. And as it's still warm, just pour over your vinaigrette and try it. Oh. It's brilliant. Okay. I'm going to do that tonight because I'm going to barbecue. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your stay. I know that you're at Taste of Toronto for the weekend. Right? And uh, we're also giving away some prize packs, which I'll do later on the show. I've got four great My Prize Packs. So you can get to try some of their fantastic mustards for yourself. We're taking a quick break here. You're listening to The Paychan Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
Let's check your drive with News Talk 1010, Time Saver Traffic. Starting off with some good news, we had southbound 400 issues between Finch and the 401. Emergency paving work was blocking four left lanes. Looks like crews are now picking up the pylons, so that should be all clear shortly. If you're on the westbound QEW out in Burlington, the off-ramp to Guelph line is closed right now. And we still have reports of this crash northbound on the 410 at Clark, which is causing delays back to before the 407. Newstalk 1010 weather, high of 29 this afternoon, plenty of sunshine as well with a high UV index to go along with it. A few clouds coming in overnight tonight, the low dropping to 17 and mainly sunny skies for tomorrow, high of 31, feeling more like 36. Traffic brought to you by Big Brother on Global. The fun has just begun. The new season of Big Brother tomorrow at 8 on Global. I'm Kyle Hawking with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio news talk 1010. Your next update at 345. Now, back to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. You can text in at 71010. As I mentioned, we'll be doing uh, some giveaways throughout the last half hour of the show. Just a quick reminder that we are following that multi-vehicle crash last night on Highway 400 southbound at Finch. Uh, and as you heard in traffic, OPP say that two lanes should be opening very soon. Our newsroom and traffic department will keep you updated, but you can see video and photos from the crash scene online at Newstalk1010.com. So I, I should also mention next week I'll be uh, away visiting my parents in Halifax. My brother is flying out with my wee little niece, who is adorable. You can find her on Instagram at Pei Chen. Uh, and also you can follow me on Snapchat, which is Pei Chen Eats. And uh, my next guest, well, you might know him as the larger-than-life owner of Fidel Gastro's food truck, also the popular restaurant on Queen Street West called Lisa Marie. Matt Bazzilli joins me now. Hey, Matt. Hi, Pei. Uh, are you just finishing up a very busy brunch service? You know, I'm actually, I took brunch off today. I had brunch somewhere else for what? a change. I know. <laughs> That's Don't allowed? Tell Don't tell my mom. But I'm actually, I just, uh, I'm prepping for dinner tonight. We have uh a lot of big parties in the book, and I think uh, I was like, yeah, I'm doing dinner service. I like to change it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, between the truck and <laughs> catering and brunch, dinner, I don't I don't like to be in the same place at once or I'll well, way too bored. As, well, and I know that about you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, I know that, uh, so we're chatting because you want to, I guess, inspire wannabe cooks or maybe those who are <laughs> kind of stuck in a rut with ideas on how to make the most of, you know, summer produce. I'm happy because we're finally actually growing things Locally, like we're at the end of asparagus season right now, for example. Berries are in. Berries. Watch out. You know, it's funny. As a as a child, um, I only thought that's how people got their produce because my nonno and my parents even to a certain degree, like they grew everything in their backyard. It was Wow. You know, my grandfather had everything from green beans to all the different kinds of lettuce and cucumbers and zucchini and obviously the... Uh, the uh, aforementioned tomato plant that uh, Italians always have. And yes. A gra- he even had wine grapes to a certain degree. Like he had like a few rows of wine grapes, which were always awesome. And I thought that's kind of, uh, that was just, you know, how you, how you made food. Uh, and then when I went to, uh, you know, other people's houses for lunch and I saw like cans of SpaghettiOs being opened <laughs> up or whatever, I was like, Oh, you like? I don't get, I don't get different. cans of ravioli in my garden. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get this. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think we're in a very, very, and you and I have talked about this. We are in a very exciting time for food. Uh, you know, very locally. Uh, let's even talk about just Toronto for a second. You know, and I think we're seeing uh, a hyper, a hyper smart diner, um, mm-hmm. a more passionate and compassionate uh, chef or food entrepreneur. And I think we're seeing, you know, the rise of media and social media kind of bridging all these worlds together where someone who just loved to cook for friends, you know, and I'm speaking about myself, can somehow turn that passion for food uh, into a, a career, whether it's a food truck, a restaurant, a catering company or what have you. Now, you're someone whose business depends on convincing people they should eat out that they should get right. someone else to make the food, totally. that they should order the food. But yet here you are, uh, you know, you've got ideas on, on, you know, cooking at home more. You know, we are, first and foremost, we are a, a food experience company, whether that's a restaurant or, or what have you. So I think my, my main target is to create experiences that people uh, want when it comes to dining, whether it's at our food truck, the restaurant. We do a lot of at-home uh, private barbecues for people where it's very intimate. Six people will invite me over. And I'll, I'll go to the farmer's market Wait, that Wait, what? Morning. People, you yeah. do that for like six I months? Do that. Yeah, I totally. It's, uh, you know, if it's something that uh, they really want, then yeah, you know, we, we, we do quite a few of those. And I'll, I'll do it all family style. And, and it's awesome. Sometimes they'll even have like fresh 
fresh herbs from the garden that I can pick from. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny that I've, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I do have a restaurant and I do have these things to try and promote. But at the end of the day, people can't eat out all the time. So if you're going to eat in, why not, you know, not only take pride in the food that you're making, but really start to experiment. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of work with, uh, you, as you know, with Clubhouse Spices and they were just kind of like, you know, just have fun with, with what we have and look at what's local and look at what's fresh and find a way to kind of tap into flavor profiles that you can really expand on. And, and, that, and that's all I'm really out here promoting right now. Now, what are your, I guess, what are you liking right now in terms of, of flavors and, and helping people Oof. cook stuff that actually tastes good? Because it's nice. I think, as you said, with, the, with social media, it's, we can make things look really good. It doesn't mean they always taste good. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's two sides to everything. There's like, oh, wow, that's got Instagram ability, uh, which I, is an actual word that I use now. Yeah, I think uh, it's a real or, word. It's a real word. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, oh, that, that also that tastes awesome, too. You know, and I think my, my number one thing is, is it fun? Is it different? Is it unique? Um, you know, take, you know, peach season. I don't think it's that far away, if I'm not mistaken. It's like it's a, usually end of summer when, yeah, I mean, we're so halfway through it now. We're so. halfway through it now. So take peaches, right? I love grilled peaches. I think grilled peaches are one of my favorite things. You know, not something you would typically do. Usually people just grab it or they bake a dessert with it. I like mm-hmm. to do savory with my peaches. So imagine taking uh, a little bit of like a nice Mediterranean spice, making a little marinade with that, add a little gar- fresh garlic to it, a little citrus to it, grill off the peaches, pour the marinade over it, put a little feta cheese on it, you know, and you've pretty much made a Greek salad, if you want to call it that, but with something that's very unique, you know, in the peaches. So I think it's it's fun. Go out there. Heirloom tomatoes are some of my favorite things to work with because it's like so many different textures and flavors and sizes and shapes and colors, and you can really play on, on the height of pl- uh, plating. You know, that's a, it's a big thing on, that I have at, at home and even at the restaurant because it's like let's, let's make sure that things don't look flat on the plate. Let's really... Uh, uh, spruce up their, their height, if you will. What do you mean, like stacking things? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Like different levels, you know. I think that's what I love about cauliflower and broccoli. And I can't believe my, my four-year-old or an eight-year-old version of myself is kicking me <laughs> because it's like I never ate that stuff as a kid. But I, that's what I love about cauliflower and broccoli is that you can break off uh, very uneven parts of it and roast them and char them on a grill, you know, and put a beautiful marinade on them. Uh, and whatever, you know, it could be anything. You just open up your, your cover and look what you have. And I'm sure there's a different spice and different flavor profile that you can pull out and kind of put over it. And But I love when you put that vegetable on a plate that it has all these different levels and different, I feel like Kramer, you know, levels. It's all the levels, Jerry. <laughs> Double levels. levels. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big thing for us. And it's a, it's a, a I guess you'd call it a, a belief that I, I, you know, that I have here at the restaurant and, and the truck, but also when I'm cooking for friends at home, man. Now, so give us a quick checklist of of uh, must haves if we want to stock our kitchen, just to make sure we're like Oof. we've got what we need. Like your your few top essentials. All right, so fresh garlic is a biggie. Oh yes, I agree. Love and it. I love when we get uh, Ontario garlic as well. I know. It's such it's it tastes so different. And, oh my god, it's so different. It's amazing. It's you know, and who knew? <laughs> who really knew? They were just like, oh, it's garlic. It's like, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there, you know, and then yeah. all the different onions that kind of border the garlic flavors too, and you can roast them off and just kind of use them as a spread, or you can chop them up and use them in sauces. So that's a big one for me. Uh, I love having lemons or limes around. That's mm-hmm. a, Citrus is a, is a huge thing. Uh, you know, I think uh, it never hurts to have a T-bone steak uh, in your, <laughs> just, in your, just in your hanging around. Pocket, yeah. You know, just lying, lying around. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, there's, I love sriracha. Like I think yes. sriracha is great. And there's even actually, Clubhouse has like the sriracha lime seasoning. I put it on everything. Like oh. I put it on popcorn. I put it on, um, you know, on veg and I'm roasting them off. I finish off salads with it. It's really nice mm-hmm. on roast chicken. I think chicken is, as a trend, I think you're going to see a lot more chicken ending up on, on restaurant menus. How is then, that possible? Because there's already so much bloody chicken. <laughs> I know, but you know what, though? If you look at the cost of all the other proteins, yeah. chicken's kind of, you know, other than chicken wings, whole chickens have kind of, you know, stayed relatively the same. So I think you're going to just see more and more chicken ending okay. up on and different ways of using chicken. All right. So more more chicken coming back. And add you some heard stri- it. You heard I, it here. You know what? <laughs> you heard it here first. Breaking. Matt Bazzilli from Fidel Gastro says more chicken is more showing chicken. up on the menu. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Pay. Okay. Awesome. Talk to you soon. That's Matt Bazzilli from uh, Fidel Gastro Food Truck, also from Lisa Marie Restaurant on Queen Street West. I've got uh, two prize packs from Clubhouse Spices to give away. Text in 71010. Put spices in uh, your text and uh, make sure you include your first 
and last name, as well as your full mailing address. I'll choose two winners before the end of the show, and your prizes will be mailed to you. So again, just put spices into the text, and your first, last name, full mailing address. Make sure it's correct, otherwise you're, someone else is going to get your lovely spices, and you'll be really sad and upset about it. So uh, coming up after the break, you're going to meet a doctor and a mom of two who made a summer treat good for her family and started up her own business. It might inspire you. You'll listen to the Page 10 Show and In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We'll be back right after this quick break.
Now let's check your drive with News Talk 1010, Time Saver Traffic. All lanes are now open on the southbound 400 between Finch and the 401. Some emergency paving work after the overnight crash has been completed, so the delay should ease off through that section shortly. Southbound 427, south of the 401, construction there in the right lane, causing delays back to Dixon. Northbound 410 at Clark as well. Reports of a crash there, and it's busy from before Derry. And if you're on the westbound QEW out in Burlington, the off-ramp to Guelph line right now closed for a crash investigation. Sunny getting up to a high of 29 this afternoon with a high UV index as well, dropping to the low of 17 tonight and a few clouds. Mainly sunny skies tomorrow, the high 31, feeling more like 36. I'm Kyle Hawking with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather, in-depth radio news talk 1010. Your next update at 4 o'clock. The Pay Chen Show continues on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for your text. I have been getting your messages uh, to win a Clubhouse prize pack, two of them to give away. So you can keep entering until the end of the show. And not to confuse things or anything, but also you only need to text once. That's all. You don't need to send multiple texts because I know some of you are sending it in multiple times. Uh, also, earlier I had a mustard sommelier from Mai who is... Uh, giving away four mustard prize packs. So I'm getting you ready for summer, basically. And you can uh, enter for your chance to win one of those. You just, just text in 71010, just so I know what you're entering for. Just put mustard into your text. First and last name, also full mailing address, please, because we will have those sent out to you. So there's a couple of prizes uh, to give away and a couple of contests so you, that you can enter before the end of the show. So again, you can either enter for the spices or for mustard, but just make sure you give me your first and last name and your full mailing address. So we know that parents are always looking for healthy treats that actually taste good, seems almost impossible sometimes. But one Canadian mom took matters into her own hands and started up her own company. And if you think it's because she just had all this time on her hands, no, because she's also, uh, she's a doctor. She's got two kids as well and still managed to do this. So you might find her story a bit inspiring. I've got Dr. Dion Laszlo Baker on the line. Hello, Dion. Hello, thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm really interested in your story because I, I'm i curious about the fact that, you know, you are a doctor, that's your background, you've got your PhD, and then you decided to kind of start this company with your family. I did, I did. It was actually, I, I actually never expected to go into the food industry, and my children had an incredible idea a few years ago, and I just couldn't resist taking it and, and making something of it. I mean, we all have these great ideas, and but we don't always go and, and decide to go for it and really try and make a big company out of it. So tell me a bit about the, the company you started. Sure. So the story started really in the kitchen. Um, I was minding my own business, and my two kids, um, one was making tea and the other was making popsicles, and they started arguing over who was going to do what with me, and one of them said, Mommy, 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 let's make tea pop." And um, that's where it all began, and I thought, Jesus, this is a good idea. But it was also an opportunity for me to teach the kids that you can actually create something that tastes delicious, um, and it's still good for you and has all sorts of healthy ingredients. And a big thing is that it doesn't include a lot of ingredients that we, we don't want in our food. And that was one uh, kind of exciting moment and thought I, ha- I had in, in starting the company, and then all sorts of ideas came from that. So you created uh, T-Pops, and you're based out west, right? Yes, we're based in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And now we've actually, we started in Victoria and then started spreading a little bit east, and now we're um, in Sobeys and Safeway and all sorts of chains across the whole country and going into the U.S. Now, it sounds like what you, when you're like, oh, yeah, I made popsicles with tea, I think, oh, yeah, that... Why didn't someone do that sooner? <laughs> Seems so basic, right? Yeah, in a way, so I'm like, well, you, you, you know what? You took something that it, it's not complicated. No, well, you, you wouldn't think it would be. But, you know, we were so excited. We thought, okay, we're going to freeze tea. Well, it turns into an ice cube with absolutely no taste. Oh, so I see. The first time we made it, we, yeah. Yeah, we kind of thought, oh, no, this isn't going to work. How are we going to do this? And so we had to come up with a way that you could bite into this 
obstacle and you're not going to break your teeth and you can still taste the tea. And so it really was an evolution. And, you know, initially with my recipes and my formulations, and now to the point we've hired one of Canada's top chefs and he works very, very closely with us and um, has helped create what we think is, is the best, uh, best, best frozen novelty we've ever had. Now, does your background as a doctor play into this at all or is it just two separate different careers? Yeah, so I, my PhD, uh, I looked at the effects of exposure to drugs and chemicals in our environment oh, okay. on fetal development and then children's health and really later human health. And so, you know, yes, it factors into everything. So every single product that we produce, every ingredient that goes into it is researched um, very, very, very soundly by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I try to use uh, DBs as a platform. So at the Canadian Health Food Association, I get out and I talk about epigenetics and um, the effects that uh, pesticides may have on our well-being. Um, you know, forget about my company, but right. just looking at talking to people and get the discussion going about why we may want to be concerned about certain fruits like strawberries um, that might have high levels of exposure to pesticides. Well, So I really tried to mm-hmm. marry the two. So what's, what foods are you encouraging people to eat for the summer? So the summer months, because these are the, the hot months, the time of year when people are probably reaching for that refreshing, you know, frozen treat. But there's also great things that are out there in terms of produce. And I know that you do encourage, you know, uh, eating sort of locally and eating lots of, you know, fruits and vegetables. So what sorts of things are you telling people that they should be consuming more of? Well, you know, I think the summer is such an amazing time, not only because it's fun, um, but it's a time where you can, say, take the whole family and go out berry picking. And you're not only away from all the technology and you're out tasting yummy, delicious fruit because there's nothing as uh, tasty as picking, say, a strawberry or blueberries, raspberry, cherries, right um, right fresh and, and trying them right there. And it's an opportunity also for the family to be together, but also talk about you know, why it's important to eat certain certain fruits. And there are fruits, you know, that are healthier and kind of more appealing than others mm-hmm. as well. So, and what would those be? Are those the ones that you tend to encourage people to choose? Yeah, well, you know, there's some that, um, you know, for example, cherries. Mm-hmm. Cherries have very high levels of antioxidants, and they've actually done research showing that um, high cherry consumption and cherry juice consumption may actually... Um, assist in preventing cardiovascular disease. So, um, you know, there are so many fruits. For, for example, watermelon. My husband and I were at a um, at a conference a few few weeks ago, and I said, "Can you just make me some pureed watermelon?" And my husband said, "Isn't that just sugar and water?" And I said, <laughs> "No, no. Actually, there's lycopene and all sorts of um, amazing nutrients in watermelon. So, you know, you can you can blend watermelon with." with uh, ice cubes and it comes out delicious. You can also freeze watermelon in little shapes. So take a cookie cutter mm-hmm. and make star shapes or, you know, any shape you want. And then it's a crunchy, um, delicious treat. Um, strawberries, uh, blueberries, blackberries, all the berries that really come into season right now right. are absolutely excellent in terms of their antioxidants and We're just getting um, sort polyphenols. of here in Ontario, because I know that uh, out in BC, you guys, you had warm weather early, actually. So like your blueberry season started off a little bit early up there. And here in Ontario, we're you know in the midst of a great strawberry season. And I saw a friend posted a photo of uh, the first cherries from the Niagara region. So you're right. We're just starting to get all of those great uh, local produce. Now, so then you, you created um, the DB's Tea Pops, and you've got interesting flavors. How did you figure out sort of what worked and what didn't? You know, that was also an evolution. And initially when we launched, we kept hearing, make it healthy, make it super healthy. And we almost went out and made it too healthy, healthy to the point that people didn't really want it. Okay. Um, <laughs> they liked it. It was okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you really realize there's a balance. Because something has to taste good. I don't know how many people have tried something that's supposed to be healthy and they just can't wait to find a garbage can to spit it out. And, you know, so we had to find that balance of making something that tasted good and super healthy, making something that was really tasty and happened to be healthy at the same time. And so, you know, that took us some time and it was definitely an an evolution that we really played with and 
you know, this is the first summer we feel that we have, we have arrived and we've got it. And I think that with kids, you know, we really gave out lots and lots of tea pops to kids because we use the herbal teas as the base. Mainly we have some that have green tea in them as well, but, um, and we watched how kids respond and what they like and what they don't like and what their parents like. And uh, then we did a, you know, bigger study to, to determine what are the flavors. And so, we have one, my favorite, which is pink lemonade, mm-hmm. and it's actually organic organic hibiscus tea um, with organic lemons and a little bit of organic cane sugar. Oh, it all sounds and great. Have, yeah, they're delicious. So each one of them is, is really appealing and first and foremost is tastes amazing. And especially with a popsicle, when mm-hmm. you give it to yourself or your kids, you, you want to taste like you're having a treat. Yeah, it should taste like a treat. And if people want to find out more, your website is D-B, so D-E-E-B-E-E-S-Organics.com. Thanks so much, Deanna. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great afternoon. And you too. Thanks. All right. So we uh, just want to quickly mention thank you also for your text. You're entering for the people who've been texting in to enter for a Clubhouse Spice prize pack. Also the uh, My Mustard. I'll text you back if you are one of the winners. And a quick reminder that I'm away next weekend. Paychen.com is where you can go for uh, the podcast of other shows. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Pei Chen. Also just got an update about uh, Highway 400 southbound at Finch where we had that multi-vehicle crash. OPP say that all lanes are now open, so that is good news. You can also see video and photos from the crash last night online at Newstalk1010.com. Have a great weekend, everyone, and I'll see you in two weeks.